Thanks again for coming out tonight. And so I'm going to try and give you some insight to something I've learned over the last few years. I hope you have like a pen and paper in front of you and, and you're just going to make a quick drawing. If not, I'll probably post this in the discord, but if you can just do a little exercise with me, I'm going to, I'm going to describe a drawing and, um, it's just going to help you know about how to manage your life going forward. And if you're doing the right things. So the first thing I want you to draw is a graph, just the left and bottom, um, lines, you know, you're just starting to build out an X, Y graph. And on the bottom, I want you to basically draw like from left to right, it gets more expensive. So for me, I put a dollar sign and arrow left to right, $2 signs. Like that's the bottom access. And good for you if you can do this exercise through audio. It's a great, great listening challenge. On the left Y axis, I want you to draw an arrow that goes up. And basically it's saying that the higher you go on this graph, the more active time you need to put into the work. So I consider it like non-passive income, very active. Okay, we're gonna start filling out this graph with some key elements of things that are happening in marketers' lives so we can make sure we know what's right for us. Because you may have more time, you may have more money. Depending on where you're at in your career, you might wanna do something different. And I just wanna share with you the things I've tried and how they sit on this graph. So if you look at this empty graph, right, it basically says that at the bottom left, whatever you're doing, it's very passive, but it doesn't make a lot of money, right? Whereas at the top right, you're quite busy, but you're making more money. The top left, you are working quite hard, but it's not that much money. Definitely not compared to the right side. Okay, so I'm going to help you fill this in. Okay, so in the top left quadrant, quadrant one essentially, I want you to put a little dot and write content. Okay, content is a very active work. Most marketers touch content in some shape, form, or another, but it's very active. You can't just make one and be done. You really can't. I don't know any platform where that works. So you have to keep making, you have to keep producing. And content doesn't make you that much because it's saturated. There's lots, it's easy to make now. If you're unique and you're good, you can still do well, but I put this at the top left, content. Now I think a lot of people should start here because they have more time. And this is a great stepping stone, but ultimately in my mind for the marketer, when you're just doing content, it's a time-based effort and it's not really about money. It's about other things. It's about connecting. It's about building your brand presence. Okay. Below content in the quadrant below it, I guess this would be quadrant three. It's the bottom left. I put courses. You can also put DIY, you know, like do it yourself. Courses are education that allow people to do something themselves, DIY, okay? And I like courses, even though they don't make a lot, once you make it, you're kind of done with it, at least relative to content you are. You know, that's the nice thing about it is you work really hard on it and it just recurs for you. It lasts, you know, a good few years. Okay, so that's the left side of the quadrant. Those are things where people should start. You know, it's the first phase. Anyone could get into content and courses. Absolutely. Now the right side, not everyone can do this and you have to graduate to it. 
In the top right, I want you to make another dot, quadrant two. We'd put agency or maybe services. Services are very active, okay? You have to put in quite a lot of work and you're always sort of on the clock in the sense, not on the clock, that's the bad terminology. You're always active. And that's what I mean by active time. Like you can't really sleep on a client job for a month. You can't really do that if you want success. But you definitely start earning more, okay? The higher end clients pay more. They, there's more profits, okay? They're spending more. They wanna do more. They wanna get more content. They wanna get more pages. So there's a lot of money to be made when you graduate into that. Now, freelancer is similar, okay? It's a little bit unique because there's a varied freelancers. But quadrant four, I don't think anyone knows about it. And I've just recently realized what quadrant four is. And, it, and, it, and it's really interesting. And I, I think it is kind of level two, level three, but you got to know about it. Quadrant four, the bottom right, the thing that takes the least active time but pays the most, SaaS, SaaS software. You might be like, well, what does that have to do with marketer? Isn't that development? Okay, that's where I'm going to kind of make a little kind of explanation about what's going on in the world. Essentially, what marketing is in 2021 is connecting the best tools to get the best results at scale with the least human effort. The more humans, the harder it is. And everyone's moving towards automation. Everyone's moving towards AI. Everyone's moving towards tools. Like if you go back to the 80s, you'll have five human beings sitting around for one billboard for weeks, you know? You get that Mad Men in the 50s, 60s even, you know? 10 people talking about a TV commercial. That's not happening anymore. And you know, I teach Content Maximizer. It's the next level of content. It's like, we're all moving into how do we automate everything? And you as a person definitely want to automate. Okay, especially marketers of the day. That's really one of the big things you do. And that's what full stack means, right? Full stack is like, hey, I can make websites and content, but I am badass at making automation in the background where when your lead signs up, it's going to do X, it's going to do Y, it's going to do Z. It's going to help your business too. But along came cloud-based SaaS kind of recently, like maybe decade, one decade. And we got blinded by Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, Twitter. It's like, you're not going to make that. But now there's this new emergence because all of those base layer apps that I just mentioned, plus many, many more Google Maps, Grammarly, you know, Notion, Salesforce, all these beautiful layer one apps that work on the internet, they have what's called an API. They're feeding out the data that's being used in these apps and you can pull that data to do something else. So a new wave of applications has occurred and they often help you use the main apps. Like it helps you schedule your Instagram posts. It helps you publish your tweets at the optimal time. It helps you scrape the best SEO keywords and rank them. Though there's that new layer of SaaS and you're probably buying them. You're starting to, right? Canva. It's all cloud-based. And what I've begun to realize is that 
when you're a marketer, you eventually reach the point where you did content, you know how to make digital assets, you know, you market those and sell those. You then help other people selling as well and you get paid even more because they're bigger than you. But then you're like, where's my time? This is not me. I cannot keep doing this forever. Why do I keep repeating myself? So you build an agency, you try and scale yourself, but then wages are going up. It's difficult. People aren't reliable. And it's just like, well, it's obvious. We're going into these automated tools. And I spent about $500 this week, what I would call like stupid tax. Like whenever you don't know something, you pay the stupid tax, right? Either you buy the education or you go through the process and pay a premium. And so I paid the stupid tax and I developed my first SaaS this week. It didn't take me long. I was like, I'm going to make one MVP. And it's like this YouTube tool. It helps you search old YouTube videos, but it's, it's not working that well. Like I failed because I did not know what to tell the developer. But I'm telling you, you can hire a developer for less than $20 an hour. And so what I realized in my agency was like, I shouldn't just be hiring marketers and consultants. I need to build my own tools because they make you think it's hard. They make you think you can't do it. You can. I realize that's a lie. Anybody who starts to understand like a tool like Zapier or even MailChimp, if you've set up a semi-complex MailChimp workflow where it's like, if the lead comes in, do this, wait, do that. That's what software is now for so many of us guys. It's how do you turn like the repetitive process you do in your agency into software? That's the fourth quadrant. It's not going to be for everyone, but I just want you to make you aware of it. And you know, $500 didn't really get me that far. You can go online and you can like try this little app and it will return a result. But now that I've gone through that, my next app will be properly like prepared. Like just like an advertising campaign, you go through it and you're like, wow, we should have thought about that before. And that's when you learn about like creative briefs. And that's when you're like, oh, we have to do proper planning before we do a campaign, just like SaaS. So that's the four quadrants. I want to fill out just a little bit more on the right axis. So you can make a full box on the right axis. It's an arrow going from top to bottom that says experience. You don't need that much experience to make content. You don't need that much experience to be an agency for someone else. You really don't. Don't confuse that. Like you don't need tons of experience. You probably need some experience to make a SaaS because without experience, how would you know what's useful? See, I'm really starting to figure out what's really useful for me in many different areas of my business. So now I'm starting to think, well, if I have that problem, I wonder if other people do and if I can make the tool. And so you have to realize that SaaS is amazing because it's low churn. You know, like memberships, like even our community membership, people come, people go. But when you have SaaS, you know, you never cancel. You didn't cancel Spotify for three years already. You didn't cancel Canva for four years already. You've had Adobe for six, right? Some of you. So SaaS, it's hard to get rid of it. And so that's a great business model that every marketer needs to know. You know why? There's only two jobs when you make a SaaS, developer and marketer. 
And that's what's beautiful about it. The website does the selling. You build a freemium model. You let them have a seven-day trial where they have to put in their credit card. So you have to understand that there's all these SaaS templates now where you don't have to rebuild the login. You don't have to build the dashboard. It's pre-built, guys. So it's about finding unique workflows in your life and business and perhaps one day investing a small amount to try and build an MVP. And then it's recommended that you try and sell your MVP to five people for 20 a month. If they say yes, you're on to something. And if you're a marketer, who knows what you're capable of? So it's not for everybody, but it is fascinating to me, this world that's emerging because the cost to get in has gotten way lower. And I'm a good uh, sort of sensing of this, right? Like I know how to take advantage of the internet when it gives you a gift. And what's happened is the cost of development is way down because tons of people from um, overseas, no development and like $18 an hour is a lot for them. You can probably bargain them down for sure. And everything's pre-built so you can go fast and you can launch fast. There's a little bit of cost. Of course there is. That's why it's more passive. That's why there's more potential. That's why it's quadrant four. On the top axis, there's an arrow that goes from right to left. It says ease of action. It's easier to take action on the left than it is on the right is what it means. It gets harder as you go on the right. It's hard to start an agency. It's hard to start a SaaS. You could start a YouTube channel right now. You can make a course tomorrow with three videos and put it on Udemy. There's nothing stopping you from that, but there's a limit typically. And that's why you see me kind of graduating up. And that's why I'm sharing this to my close members. If you know these quadrants, well, you know, you might, uh, you might have an idea. And I remember like in 2005, and I'm just going to invite everyone else up now that I'm kind of taking a breather here. Um, like I thought about creating a social media app. I'm like, how can we change the world? Like, what do we do? But it's like, good luck. Like, you know how expensive it is? Now an MVP costs a thousand bucks. I mean, that's game changing. I know that's not for everyone right now, but that's game changing. Welcome, Daniel, Louie. Good to see you guys. How are you, Daniel? Doing good. Enjoying the conversation. I was just looking at different SaaS lately. So yeah, great man. time. Okay, guys, I just put it in my profile pic. Since you did the hard work, I'll give you the pull to refresh. You can take a look at my graph that I just went over. Um, it's the quadrants that I created about what are the different actions you might take. If you want to do something active right now and do it easy, it's content. You get money from YouTube. You can sell affiliate products with ease. You just put a link below. People buy things after they watch videos. Like you demo the software and then you put a link. Um, you know, and if you want to do something a little bit more passive, you put more upfront effort and you do a course. You do some sort of DIY product, right? Agency is done for you. That's why it's on the opposite side of do it yourself. Okay, the freelancer's somewhere in the middle there. Um, and on the bottom right, we've got SaaS software as a service, which is typically cloud-based, which is awesome because back in the day, you're like, okay, I have to make mobile apps. I have to make a desktop app. I have to go for Google and Apple. And it's not possible. I thought about it already and we shy away. I'm telling you the opportunity is starting to emerge. 
that marketers need to think about SaaS because they are the unlock to the SaaS being successful. SaaS developers are way more in abundance than us strong full stack marketers. Trust me on that. Way more in abundance have people been like, I'm going to get into development and learn how to code on Python. It's so common now, trust me. Nothing wrong with that. I learned Python too, but it's common. Okay. Um, so yeah, just a little sort of sometimes theory of how the industry looks in terms of our behavior, our time, and our potential ROI can be very valuable for us to properly design our career. And I want you to notice, if you look really closely in the middle, it actually is telling you, you should probably start with content, then courses, but then there's a real question. Should you really go into agency or should you try and build a SaaS from your freelance experience? That is a definite possible path for some people because you know why? An agency means managing people and it's hard. It's not easy. So I tried it remotely and I'm getting by. I'm not sure I'm doing that great. I don't know. I don't know how big we can get if we stay remote. So I cannot speak to how to build a 50 person agency, but I'm certain by next year, you will know that Rich and Niche created at least like two apps, even if they don't do much. What's wrong with building a repertoire of apps? So there's this thing called GitHub. That's where coders store their code online in the open source. You can also private it. It's like your own channel for code. People can borrow and have your code. Um, but if you build like a repository with more and more code, you can eventually combine things and you can build upon it. That's what I kind of like about it versus say a content campaign. I feel like you have to start and finish the campaign. There's no pausing. Whereas development, you could get to one level, try to raise some money and then go further. And I think that's fascinating. Okay. That's all I had to say. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, piece. I think I'm going to throw up throw it up on the podcast. I think it's pretty unique. Uh, do we have any questions or comments about this? And, and Or do you have any uh, questions on how you can utilize this for your career? Happy to field them now. Hey, Rich. So if I'm getting this correct, I guess as we gaining experience, we basically whatever like itches we have as marketers or whatever processes, we're like, man, there has to be a better way. That's like a, a fertile ground for us to start thinking about SaaS ideas. So like that's a, a good starting point. Absolutely. It's all about solving problems, but I did take a course. I'll shout him out at SaaS on Twitter. He's pretty edgy, but he has a $99 course. I took it. I loved it. He doesn't really get you going to the first step. I had some trouble understanding how to go forward, but he gives you a great understanding and I really dosed it down for you guys. I gave you the motivation and realization that he passes on in this $99 course. But what he says is the way you make money is two things. You don't reinvent the wheel. You look what someone else might be doing and you kind of make your own little version of that. And second, if you help people make money, they will give you money. And that's, that's always true for services as well. So yes, you, it's fertile ground if it's a problem, but even more so on those two points. Does that sound all right? Yes. Thank you. 
And I think like you're probably like, oh my God, this doesn't apply to me. What a waste. No, I don't think so because I don't really design my career as a career. I'm sort of doing what I see is the best career and works really well and can support my lifestyle. And I think that a lot of people are going that way. And I think that we don't realize is it will become common that you know how to build a SaaS. The, the early adopters like myself were really learning tools like Zapier and how to connect tools together. And it's just a natural step in that direction that instead of building the SaaS by combining them all and paying for them all separately, you solve the problem from the root and you make it work for yourself with a custom coder. You just hire that person to help you complete that. And I'm realizing like all you have to do is spec out like the feature you want, how it looks and ask them like, what's the price to get here? And you can set a pay per deliverable as well or per hour and just work towards it. But I'm kind of feeling like I want to know, well, what does it cost to get this done? And let's set that, you know? So I, I guess my point was ultimately like, you might think this doesn't apply to you. My gut is that we will all build a SaaS before we're dead. And it's not how you might think. It's just like an app because it gets easier and easier. And you can even go to bubble.io right now, write that down. I bought a subscription. I played around with it. I did the tutorial, but then I got lost. It's basically coding without coding. It's kind of like how click funnels is development without development in a way it's like everything is just an option rather than you code it itself and so you can start realizing how buttons and databases work and so if you've gotten involved in notion and you saw how far i got with commander pro and the free commander most of you probably tried it like i got pretty far with thinking about that it's very natural once you understand the database side of things like oh when I create an app, I'm just creating a database of users who have a bunch of information slots and they might have users, their clients in there with information slots. And what features do I give those users at what price? That's like the foundation of sort of of what's going on. And, and it's like, what I'm suggesting is it's very cheap to build an MVP feature. Now, of course, when you only build a feature, like someone can copy you. But sometimes when you're niche enough, and that's why I say it's a progression for the marketer, because the new strategy I may begin to deploy is to instead of price the course higher, price the course lower, but encourage the usage of the SaaS I create because it's designed in conjunction. If you want to do process X with clients, we love this tool because it's exactly designed for this process. Right now, I'll recommend my students like four different tools. Well, maybe they'd prefer one. So that's what the opportunity I see. And of course, content can connect to SaaS as well. But it's like teach someone how to make some money, teach someone how to build their business, teach someone a skill online, give them the tool that amplifies that. Um, and, it's an, and it's an opportunity that has arrived because of the cost and ease and API layer. And that's why most people will not know about this because it's just arrived through those combination of effects. Welcome Coralie, good to see you, I'll invite you up. 
think Louie and Dean are chilling in the audience. I've just been talking about my profile picture, which is the four quadrants of online money for the marketers. If you've ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which you absolutely must read, it's just kind of, it's good to look at things relative to one another so that we understand. Like I have this picture on my whiteboard right now and I've been thinking about it a lot. And so when I sit down at my desk and I'm confused about what to do, I ask myself, which quadrant am I in and why? Am I reaching for a bigger goal? I need to be patient. I need to slow down. I need to invest. Am I trying to make money? Maybe I just build something small. Maybe I get out there on YouTube and promote. Maybe I do five videos, you know? I think that's a powerful way to operate because we all do so many things. Sometimes you need clarity about why and what is going to be the result. Any more questions uh, on this topic? And then maybe we can do 20 minutes of just open Q&A. Q &A. I had a question, Rich. You're a bit quiet, but sure. So I'm sitting here, my older brother's listening in, um, which sometimes he listens in when uh, you know, we have meetings. What's your older brother's name? He works, he has two careers. He's a licensed realtor and he also is a truck driver. And he's intrigued with the conversation. He's a little shy, but he was asking. Um, he's intrigued with this concept and he just wants to know, do you have any like brainstorming tips for him? Um, uh, he might want to explore. Absolutely. Absolutely. So search your own search industry. Industry. And I'll ask you to mute, Kian. I think it's a little feedback there. Oh, sorry. Can Can you hear me? I'll, yeah, I'll go on that. yeah, you mute now, please. Thank you. Uh, for welcome to your older brother. Don't be shy. Um, join us next time. But um, The brainstorming method I use currently is I go to a site called Product Hunt because that's where all the app creators and SaaS creators are going these days. They upload their app and it kind of gets voted up like Reddit. I think you can boost. I think there's like advertising available. Um, so that's a great site to see what other people are doing. You can go to GitHub, but I think it's a little bit more complex. You might not know what you're looking at. Here's what's crazy. If you go on Upwork, you can put out a job and not hire anybody. So you can find out what people are bidding on your job without hiring. Um, I think that's to be used sparingly, but if you truly intend to hire, I don't think there's anything wrong with canvassing the, the price first. I think you wanna really look at your own problems. I think you're closer to that. And so that helps you know the intensity of the problem. But if you're like a truck driver, like that's um, a huge industry. I don't know if you should start there, but like you have to understand that I'm in the industry of where tons of prosumers exist. Prosumers, like they want to do stuff with their life. They're trying to get ahead in some way. They want the best gear. They want the best photos, right? There's a lot of money to be made in that. And that's good. We're in a money spending industry. Marketing is a very money heavy spending industry. It's great. There's a lot of people who want to learn and dive in and do it for different reasons. Like we have to keep remembering we're not just here for businesses. Like eventually everyone is selling something online. That's how you will live. It'll be on the blockchain. You will be receiving Bitcoins. Just you'll see. Okay. So you got to learn no matter what. And that's why this is great that we do this stuff. Um, but my point was kind of like, 
there might be a massive opportunity in the trucking industry. Look at what other people are doing and then open the Uber app. Use Uber as your idea source. Be like, what if there was Uber for trucks? You know, like what if trucks could do this? And of course, like you have Elon and, and people like playing huge, but you know, maybe you niche down and maybe you're like, okay, let me think about Spud that for us, that's like a food delivery or maybe um, DoorDash or like Uber Eats. Like maybe it's something just for them. You know, you can think like that. It's like, what if you create a tool that, you know, it's probably already out there. It basically is tracking like the Uber Eats pay rate. You know, and you're helping the Uber drivers like pick better routes. That's what I mean about helping people make money is like they're already trying to do something. And if there was an app that would help them do it faster and better, they will pay for it 20 bucks a month. So you look in your own area, you try to feel out the problems, but again, you filter by does this really help someone make more money? Because that's the answer. Like the, you can make a SaaS about anything. That doesn't mean you're going to make a lot of money. Um, and I think if you want to make money, what you want to think about is two things. Recurring members with low churn rate means they keep paying month to month because they find value in your tool, your software, and then um, your exit value. So if you can get your app to start making 20K a month, so that would be 1,000 people spending $20 a month, then you could sell that app, you know, um, 4 million, you know, because of the low churn. That's what you have to understand. It's like someone can just buy it and improve the marketing. Like you weren't a good marketer. That's what's happening. These apps don't have good marketing. So they're being sold off at rates where someone else says, I know how to fix this. I love this feature and we're just going to rebrand it or we're going to suck it into our ecosystem and then patent or something. Don't know much about patents in this sense. Would love to learn more. So I think that's all I can say. I mean, you know, you, if you want to be in this, you got to be around people. You know, I invite people to have conversations with me. I just hear crickets. You know, I'm out here pushing all four sources. I didn't even mention affiliate income, sponsorships, like you want to get to an elite level, you have to push yourself on a lot of these different avenues and, and hey, one at a time. But like there are people who want to discuss this and solve it because it's an opportunity to retire. That I don't see the opportunity to retire in the, any of the other quadrants quite so. I think SaaS is an opportunity to retire if you hit the right button. So it's like, isn't it worth it for us to sit around an hour and just talk about this once per week? Am I asking too much? You know, and I think that's where I've struggled in my life is like everything I do, I do it by myself because people don't want to go fast. People want to think about it. People want to see how it feels like it's not hard to make content. It's hard to publish. It's not hard to start a business. It's hard to reach out and get clients. Like you have to go that second step. And I think like I've somehow gotten past the fears of that. And I think others need to join me and ask for conversations like, all four quadrant quadrants I care about. Don't get me wrong. I still make content week in, week out. I'm making a course tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like I just got off a two hour meeting with agency work. I'm talking to my developer in the, in between all this. So for those of you guys waiting for my Slack replies, there are no minutes left. 
And if anyone else wants to join me, like that's great. There's too much opportunity to slow down. So, you know, I don't know what your brother's name is. Like, let's get him in the discord, get him into the repository where I'm trying to talk with people about SaaS, but I can't be the only one talking guys. And I sometimes feel that in the discord. And sometimes I feel like, okay, communities, they are on the top left with content. Like I have to be so active. I'm not making any money from the community at all. Like I'm starting to pay people to create the content, to create more of a great experience. So my point is like, try to take more advantage of what I offer you guys. You're some of the core people in here. You have a chance there and, and you can't just sit there by yourself expecting it all to happen. So your brother needs to surround himself. If he's that interested, he cannot just keep on his own. That won't happen. No one's going to support him. No one's going to push him to build a SaaS. But if he wants to come hang out and tell me, he's like, Hey, I'm going to make a SaaS before December. It's like, first I'm going to do a month of brainstorming. Like, okay, well, great. You're on the path doing something. And I'd like to help you because I like to help action takers because it doesn't take a lot of time. It sucks when you put a lot of time and someone's not doing anything and you're like, well, you're talented, like go already. I just think there's so many non-talented people having success and um, yeah, I just don't want anybody to miss out on their opportunities. Hope that helped your brother, Kiana. Do you think that was useful? Rich, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm Hey, many blessings. Good luck. Maybe tweak the mindset and, and tweak, tweak, tweak the after hours. Uh, activities just a touch, man. Like it doesn't take a lot. That's what's cool about this is like, and you know, what's cool about having an oversee developer. L let me, let me break this down for you guys. I literally said in my job post, I've never created an app before. You're going to need to help me. And so, you know what I did? I hired two people for the exact same job because I wanted to see what am I getting for my money? And it's way different and it's my fault and it's their trickiness as well. Like, that's the lesson. You've got to be very specific about what you're creating and what you want. And that's why marketers and full stack marketers, the type of people we're training are very good at this stuff because we can kind of make things look good and we know how to use buttons. Okay. Um, but the overseas developer is only charging between 15 and 20 an hour, and then they're working while you're sleeping. So that's nice. You get up, they've done the work. You're like, Oh, this doesn't work. Right. You tell them, you show them, you make a video and you go to bed and your app is updated in the next day. So I think there's like, it's cool like that, you know? And, and so there's like, you can't, you don't let it overwhelm you and you don't be afraid of it. You just realize like there are people who can build things online that I ask them to, even if I don't know what is coding, I don't know guys. So here's what I paid for. I paid about five or 600 this week on Upwork for the effort. I set up my AWS on Amazon, which is like where you host your app free. I set up my GitHub free and I have a private repository and you give that to your developer and they upload the code. One developer quoted me way less hours and I'm like, oh, what? And so I was worried that I was getting scammed, but that developer gave me something way different than the other developer who took a lot more time. One of them gave me a front end and the app. It's weird. Like you don't know about this, but like they also built the page where like the YouTube videos would show up after the search, the search that I created. Um, 
And the other person sent me a Python app that I ran on my terminal, but it worked really well. It can scrape videos really well, exactly what I'm looking for. And I'll tell you a little bit more in a moment. So what I learned was it's my fault that I didn't even know what I was asking for, but I really need to slow down and probably document exactly my expectations. And, you know, I was willing to pay the extra stupid tax to just get into it and see what happens. Now I can go to an IP address and my app is there. And if I wanted, I could slap a domain on it. I could put like a front page that says like sign up or pay. That wouldn't be that hard because there's templates for that. So lower the barrier of fear to be like, hey, I could try this. And if I lose, my biggest loss is two grand. Not even. You can get out after a thousand if you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, my app is... I went on, I've been creating memes, right? I create memes um, and I want to get into video memes because Reels and TikTok is too big to ignore. I want my clients to have good video memes. And what I realized is when you go on YouTube, here's what's happening. Let's say you want to make a meme. What makes a good meme? Well, it's kind of like classic but clean footage. It's not like hyper edited with music and titles and subtitles already on it. You really want clean content to layer a meme on top. You know what I mean? You, you follow me? So when I go to YouTube and I want to look up, let's say, let's say I want to make a montage of like world records. Well, hopefully I could maybe find a channel with that. But like, what if I wanted some of the earliest content from YouTube back in 2013, 14, maybe even 2011? You try and find that. You actually really can't find that content because YouTube doesn't want you to. They want you to stay on the new stuff. So for me as a meme creator, it would save me a lot of time if I could start finding better videos faster. So I created an app and I asked the developer, can you create me a Python-based scraping app that will help me find videos that are uploaded before X date? That's all I wanted to know is like, if I can find the videos off a keyword, before 2014, I know that's not meme culture. So all those videos, people aren't finding them and they will be good source footage. they will be more old school stuff. they will be like old shows, old highlights, old uh, events, old Super Bowl. Like guaranteed that's full of meme content that people can't access, right? You know, memes are hard to make sometimes. So lack of footage. So that was my first idea and I thought, you know what? It's just a one feature search. Um, start there, I'll feel that out, and I'm basically done with that now. I'm at a stage where I have either an on-desktop version, which I could pay more and turn into an online app, and I have this other online app by the other developer, but she did not do really that well. I don't like how it works. The other guys works way better. She was from India. He was from Eastern Europe. Um, don't know much more specifics than that. Um, I interviewed them. I told them that I wanted, you know, based on Python, which you don't really probably know what that is, but basically that's like a really great simple base for scraping oriented apps, repetitive action. So a lot of SaaSes are about helping people scrape data because that's what saves time. Some people want to scrape email addresses. Some people want to scrape LinkedIn profiles. Some people want to scrape Instagram influencers. You know, and I'm trying to scrape old videos and it cost me 500 bucks. And now I can scrape as many old videos as I want on my own. I don't have to sell this or I can.
And then it could be like this, three searches for free, otherwise buy a credit. Maximum search distance is two weeks, unlock pro for max search. It's so easy to turn something into freemium. And why shouldn't you? You invested, you built out the idea, they don't know how much it costs and you've got to maintain it if you want to keep people on, right? If you don't want to go freemium, you just put some ads on the page. There's tons of apps that are free. Like that one where you turn a YouTube video into a audio file, which we've done many times in our business. Those are like four free ones out there on the top of Google and they all just have ads on them. So I think I've talked enough about SaaS. This is really my first time talking about it. Hope it was helpful. Hey Rich, is it okay if I can just chime in a little Please. bit? Man, by the way, I think in the future, you're going to have a course on making apps. So yeah, <laughs> I'm predicting that. <laughs> um, the, the interesting thing is that when, as you're talking, I'm remembering the, the Airtable experience that I had uh, during the, what was that course? Uh, digital marketing consulting course where you built this entire workflow and it just felt like, wow, it felt like a, a new app for me, even though it was Airtable. And, and, and one thing that I, I'd like to ask is that since you're experimenting, how, how are you like protecting yourself? Let's say like, you know, you, your, your ideas and you know, making sure that these developers won't run away with them. Great question. And you know, that's exactly why I'm still going down this path is because I essentially was already creating like rudimentary SaaS by pre-creating these templates for people. That's. It's basically SaaS that you can edit, which is not that good because you don't want your users editing your software, but it's better than nothing. So I'm glad you picked up on the connection between that. That, And I want you to understand that my ability to do that is only available because I actually used to do those process and they worked for me that I wanted to make them, you know, really s solid like that, you know. Um, I don't worry about that. I've never worried about idea protection. And I think that's what's great about being a good marketer is like, you are still the gatekeeper. The idea has never been enough. It's the idea being used by people. And as a marketer, you need to get your idea out there. And that's why I think many of you should start some similar channels as me and just start reviewing and showing software because there's so much and they all have affiliates and you build a channel known for software review, guess what? In three years, it could be 10 times as much software and they're all gonna need reviews. They all need exposure. I mean, I turn them down left and right, guys. There's a lot of bad SaaS trying to reach our channel and I just say, no, I would never use this, so I'm not gonna promote that. I mean, I just ignore them, but the value of distribution in a world of software is very useful. So even if I didn't sell another course for the rest of my life, don't have another client for the rest of my life, let's say I'm banned from those things. I would just keep making videos about software and at the bottom there'd be a link. It's if you wanna buy the software and use it like I do, here's a link. And I would just make those over and over and I think that's a business model. It's not the highest pain, but you're gonna hit some home run rank ones eventually and you're gonna make a lot of sales. But that's why you should be like, make sure you pick software to review that's worth a lot. So like Kartra or Canva or something that's quite a heavy commission. And that 
then that then that leads you into well maybe i should just be someone's marketer for their product right it's like you're not just the affiliate you are the best marketer for that and they want to own that they don't want some affiliate doing it so nuances something to close on um again to just wrap that question i just don't worry about idea theft i don't believe the average person can really steal so yeah there's some sharks out there and maybe that's a lesson for me to be learned but that's why like you start really small and i think it's like you want to be known for that feature and you want to make something cool around that so for instance like i was thinking of using my app to go back as far as possible and just get really good retro videos that were like this video was uploaded on this date and it's and that's good content people love retro content and it's like oh want to find old videos check out youtube retro.com or whatever it's going to be you know and and if someone wants to steal that and make that like that's part of life and that's where you're like okay what if my SaaS is based on my course? It's like, well, they can copy the SaaS, but do they have the course that explains why you should use that SaaS? That's important. And I think like that's why when you make a SaaS, you actually just make like free or very cheap courses because you want person to learn the process and then be like, man, this process would be so much easier if I had that app. I can't resist it. And that's where you lock in people for a long time. So has to be value driven though guys don't it's not some scammy thing this is about like can you make something that helps people but that's why you know you know as a marketer like oh this workflow is such a pain in the ass like if only i didn't have to search through all this youtube content just to find one meme imagine if i could download all of like the the weightlifting olympics videos from before 2016 you know you're gonna find some funny clips in there you know that's how it is all right guys one more question if it's out there otherwise i gotta bounce wrapping it up 6 p.m you know how it is if you're on the audience and you have a question raise your hand but otherwise i'm going to close down the room thanks for jumping in edwin i see you down there coralie i have a question for you yes what languages <laughs> do you speak um english and spanish i'm bilingual in spanish that was my first language excellent well uh Talk to me offline because I'm looking for a Spanish content creator. Okay, sounds great. Okay, thanks so much. Thanks so much, guys. Hope you're doing well. See you next week back on Zoom. RichieNiche.com slash Collective Call, 5 p.m. Pacific next Tuesday. Kiana, thanks for having your brother with us. That means a lot that like people think the show is worthy. I know we don't really promote this as like a growth show, but it's nice to have some fresh ears and people validating the value of the content. Thanks so much, everyone. See you all later. Closing the room down in 10 seconds. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.